God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, uh, wouldn't you know it, um, gasoline is up 45%. Rent is up 15%. Homes up 20%. Healthcare insurance up 40%. Food up 30%. Lumber up 90%. But don't worry, folks. Inflation is only at 1% per the Fed. That doesn't sound right, does it? Now, these things are happening. Everything that we had predicted is happening. That the government uh, is taking, hoarding their cash. Uh, Biden came out with his new uh, spending bill. All two point, uh, let's see, I have to get the number. But it's a pretty big number. And he's charging um, uh, a lot in taxes for it. And the return on investment for uh, spending on infrastructure uh, is actually uh, very small. So very little for your roads, but very, very much a lot for uh, people in developing nations and elsewhere. It's America last. America last. Now, that being said, other things we've talked about, this COVID thing. Remember we talked about Bill Gates. We talked about Bill Gates using vaccines to control populations. Well, now we're starting to see all these reports. And Candace Owens writes, what if you found out down the line that the vaccines ruined fertility, that they developed cancer? I just cannot wrap my head around the herd mentality. My child will never receive a rushed vaccine. Couldn't care less if you call that common sense mentality anti-vax. So, um, cough mute. <laughs> um, there's another one that says this. Shouldn't we know? So fertility and pregnancy. This is AstraZeneca. It says, fertility. It is unknown whether COVID-19 and mRNA vaccine 
BNT162B2 has an impact on fertility. So it's unknown. That's that's the the doctors saying it that that it's unknown. And then there's another warning. It says on page 132 of the Pfizer vaccine. This should answer one question for you. And it says page 132 of Pfizer vaccine basically says no unprotected sex up to 28 days after second dose due to reproductive safety risk. This is the males and females birth defects due to genetic manipulation. Kind of makes you feel uncomfortable about that, doesn't it? So what are we to do? We're, we're having these things forced down our throats, and if we don't take a death pill, or, you know, metaphorically speaking, it's not a pill, but, you know, death pill, um, we're not going to be allowed to travel. What kind of world are we living in where globalist governments are mandating these things? Italy is mandating that its uh, uh, medical workers take it. So Trump criticized Biden for his plan to raise his corporate tax rate, saying it is the exact opposite of putting America first. It's putting America last. And so basically this is uh, just in response to the... Um, in response to the, uh, uh, the the tax plan that Biden's putting out there. So this is uh, not good stuff. And so President Trump basically did an interview with Lara Trump, and it got banned from Facebook. Facebook took down the entire video of, of this video so that you cannot hear on Facebook. Facebook also has banned scottadamshow.com. Incidentally, we, we revamped scottadamshow.com, and you should check it out. It uh, looks great. Uh, I like the way it looks. Uh, it does a lot of functions. If you actually go with your phone, uh, it takes you to tune in. It takes you, uh, it'll allow you to call into the uh, system where you just touch a button and it automatically dials up the show host. So that's kind of a nice little feature. Um, but uh, if you try to type the scottadamshow.com on Facebook, we've been banned for I guess about two years. And for what reason, I have no idea because I didn't even have a blog up there. I wasn't even writing on that website. And somehow the podcasts got banned. I have no idea why. They never told me. But for two years, Facebook basically said, if you type in scottadamshow.com, we declare that to be a site that can threaten your you know, existence. Well, the same thing is now true with regard to this interview between a man and his daughter-in-law. So why don't we take a listen to this? Um, It's worth listening to because uh, President Trump has a few ideas about what's going to be happening with respect to his social media platform. Maricopa County, for example, is doing an audit and they finally assembled their great team of conservatives and hopefully they'll get to the bottom of what's going on with fraud there. It will only take one one bit of evidence related to fraud for it to open up Pandora's box and the liberals and the left know it. And so 
Um, let's take a listen to Donald Trump, though. This is actually kind of an, a little bit longer clip than I want to actually play, but uh, here it is. And, uh, you know, it's just nice to hear the commander-in-chief and the president of the United States, the true winner of the election, uh, have a discussion about the health and well-being of America. The question that I get asked the most, everyone wants to hear, how are you doing? How has it been down here? Well, it's been great. It's Florida. It's a beautiful state. It's a well-run state. We had a tremendous election result in Florida, as you know, despite yes. millions and millions of dollars being spent against us. And we had a, a big victory, I guess, unprecedented victory. And uh, as we did in many states, and we should have had in all states, but I guess that's still, in my opinion, being looked at by a lot of people. It was uh, disgraceful what happened. That was a third world country voting system. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame, but it's being looked at by a lot of different people. But we had a fantastic uh, election. You know, I say I ran twice. Well, and by, by third world election system, he's referring to Venezuela, where these machines were, you know, first brought out, tested, and rigging elections in Venezuela. We're using Venezuela equipment. And we did better the second time by a lot, by 12 right. million votes. And uh, so, but I love Florida. It's a, uh, it's just a spectacular place. Yeah. Well, a well-run state, we would say. Um, I want to ask you, because it took 65 days for Joe Biden to finally come out and do a press conference. I know you've talked about this a little bit, but you were so transparent with the media. Whether they, whether they loved you or hated you, you were always happy to go up to them. I remember you would walk out as you were on the way to Marine One and say, let's go, ask me questions, no note cards, nothing. We saw the press conference that Joe Biden had, if you can even call it that. He had a lot of notes. He had printouts with people's faces and names on it, who to call on, who not to call on. What was your takeaway from, from that press conference? Well, I think the press conference is probably the least of it. People saw a lot of things happening long prior to the press conference and even the trip up the stairs, up and yeah. down three times. There were a lot of things, a lot of things are going on. So we'll see what happens. I hope he's in good shape. I hope he's okay for the sake of uh, the country. Yeah. But uh, I think people get it. And, you know, I think uh, very importantly, the things that he said and when, whether we debated or whether he just made statements, all of those things were not what he's doing. This is more liberal, more radical than Bernie Sanders ever had in mind. Bernie could not be happier. But this is something Bernie would have never suggested what's happening. He never talked about what he's doing to destroy energy and the Second Amendment now is going to be next. You're going to destroy. They're going to destroy the Second Amendment. All of the things that they're doing are things raise taxes at a level, the biggest tax increase in history. Those were not things that were discussed at all during the election. Yeah. Well, you brought up a good point. It was actually a little upsetting as an American to see him trip up the stairs so many times. But the media coverage of that versus yeah. the way they covered you, every year being obsessed with your physical. I remember when you were at West Point walking down a, a slippery slope, a, a, you know, there were no handles on either side. I know you had slippery shoes on. So you took your time to go down for a week straight. All they talked about was, are you fit to be president of the United States? Which we know is absolutely ridiculous, but they haven't given the same treatment or scrutiny to Joe Biden when it comes to that. Um, 
it, I think Americans are a little bit frustrated by that, and I think we should be demanding transparency, especially when it does come to the health of the President of the United States. Well, you know, when you do speeches, you sort of know if you did well or not well or however it is. And I think I made my best speech, or certainly one of them at West Point. And it's pouring, raining, beautiful but raining, and it, it's wet, and it was just a sheet of steel. No pleats in it, no nothing. Nothing. And it was like an ice skating rink. And the last thing I wanted to do was go down. And I saw that, and, I, and they had no railings, really brilliantly, you know, put up. Whoever put it up ought to be ashamed of themselves. So I'm next to a general who has big rubber shoes on, and a good guy, by the way, the commandant. And I say, General, I'm not grabbing you, but I may have to grab you because this is a sheet of ice. So I went down inch by inch like this. I should have just run down the stairs. You could They have. made such a big deal, yeah. and they never covered my speech. That was, I thought, one of the best speeches. And I never, they never covered the speech. Never even discussed it. I didn't see it. All they do is they have me walking down inch by inch down this ramp. I said, the next time have stairs, please. And it was one of those things. And, but they covered that for weeks. And this guy falls down three times. He couldn't get up the third time. He didn't know where the hell he was. And... It was not on the evening news, other than a couple of networks. Yep. But it wasn't on ABC, CBS, NBC, I don't think. And it got almost no coverage. It's incredible. Now, everybody got to see it because one thing, it gets out there one way or the other. But it was actually a pretty sad situation, if you want yeah. to know the truth. It was also sad from the standpoint that we don't have freedom of the press anymore. Yeah, well, that, that is for sure. I mean, I remember when Gerald Ford fell down the stairs. That was such a big deal. That was, that. well, actually, it helped ruin his presidency. You want to really know the truth. I think it was really, every time you see him, they show him now falling down the stairs. And with Biden, they don't want to show it at all. It is a dishonest media that we have. Yeah, well, they certainly uh, allowed him to... Uh, go unchecked throughout the campaign. They never called him out on anything. We know that uh, big tech social media outlets were censoring things. Jack Dorsey of Twitter just recently said that it was a mistake uh, to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story during the campaign, which we know, we all knew was such a big deal. We all knew could be used against the Biden family. Joe Biden, should he ever become president of the United States? But maybe give me your take on where we stand in terms of censorship for conservatives, because we are censored. There is no question as conservatives. We are censored on social media. They are always fact-checking everything. I feel like you might have something coming up. I don't know if you're ready to make an announcement yet, but that will help uh, allow you know conservatives to have freedom of speech, maybe a, a possible social, social media platform. Well, I think the censoring really... Uh when they didn't show Hunter Biden all of the things that were happening with Hunter, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to get somebody in trouble. He had some difficulties, okay? Yeah. But when they didn't show any of that during the campaign, they just cut it out, like canceled, I guess. You'd call it cancel yeah. culture, right? But when they didn't show that, to me, that was really the beginning, because it was bad. It's always It's been fake for a long time. It used to be fake where they'd come up and I'd come up and you'd fight, or somebody else, but you'd fight. And the public can believe one way or the other. They might believe me, they might believe the other side, or they might believe an anchor or whoever's into But they didn't bring Hunter up. It was just really canceled. And later on, polls came out that showed it would have made a 10-point right. difference. A 10-point difference. That's a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. 
To me, that's where it actually began, this new phase. The new phase is you have something and they won't put it out. And that's whether it's scandalous or whether it's anything, whether it's just good news, they won't put it out. And it's a very interesting time. Now, we're getting it out. I'm getting word out by using press releases. I put it out by a press release and everybody's picking it up. It's more elegant as a, you know, president, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, to me, it's more elegant. I think it's getting the word out about the same. You do less of it because, you know, it's a little bit, and you can do longer. You yeah. can make it a little bit longer. Not mm -hmm. that it should be that much longer. Usually it doesn't have to be too much longer, but you can do it longer. And I think we're getting the word out. And in addition, I'm looking at, you know, everybody wants me to be on the site because we had 90 million people on one. We had, I think, 36 million people on POTUS. Uh, we had sites of 10. Uh, that doesn't include Facebook. And then we had one of the biggest on Facebook, maybe the biggest, but one of the biggest on Facebook. So we had, you know, 200 million people, I guess, or more. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants me to go in their site because the problem is they have sites, but they have no people. And uh, Twitter has gotten very boring because I can see Twitter anytime. Because you're I gone, want. they no, miss no. you. Well, it's it's said to have gotten very boring, and a lot of people are leaving Twitter. But it's got it's become boring, and and uh, really uh, not the point of view is terrible. Uh, and people are leaving Twitter. A lot of people yeah. are leaving Twitter. So I think there's room for something, and I bring a lot of people with me. But well, we'll see. I, I must tell you, I love what we're doing now. I'll put a statement or two out. Or three or five, but I'll do them in a day. And I'll just dictate something out, write it out, put it out. And I do it in the form of a press release. It gets picked up by everybody. So maybe we don't even need social media. You're going well, to go don't, this Well, I don't perhaps. think we do. And I may be wrong, but I don't think we do. But I think social media has become so corrupt that people aren't believing it anymore, really. I mean, a lot of it has become very corrupt. It's really become like the media itself, very corrupt. That's true. We don't have freedom of the press anymore. You know, we had freedom of the press, and it's a terrible thing to say, but we really don't have freedom of the press anymore. We have a corrupt press with a point of view, and that's all they want to do is sell the point of view. And why they want to sell it, because when you think of it, defund the police, open borders. Look at our borders. Look, what ha well, look what's happening. We had the borders the best they've ever been. The wall could have been finished in a very short period of time, a matter of weeks. Just close up the little sections that we had to leave open to bring equipment back, et cetera, et cetera. And the wall could have been finished so quickly. The wall is the best thing. It's, it, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and it's been a tremendous success. And all they have to do is finish it up. Now, you can put security there, and you have it fine, but the wall is better than anything you can do. It's really worked. But we have the best southern border in terms of what we're talking about that we've ever had. And in one day, he said, everybody come up. And once he said that, and what's going on now is nothing compared to what's going to take place during the summer. Mm -hmm. During the summer, you're going to see things that nobody's ever seen before. It's very upsetting, very well, hard to see. it's very dangerous. Yeah. And it's very bad for our country, and they're destroying our country. Yeah. Well, at the same time, by the way, that we're allowing uh, illegal immigrants to pour over our southern border, it seems like the woke left is focused more on things like canceling Mr. Potato Head, canceling Dr. Seuss books, uh, than actually doing things that are going to positively impact the American people. Meanwhile, our adversaries like China are working overtime to build up their economies, to do things for their people. 
How do you think we're being viewed right now around the world, whether by our adversaries or our allies? How do you think the United States is regarded right now? I think that they can't believe what's happening. They don't believe it. They don't believe. Uh, can you imagine China looking at us and they're talking about Dr. Seuss? And that was like the big thing of the day. But it's, it's long beyond Dr. Seuss. They want to take down monuments to heroes. They want to get rid of our history, obliterate our great history. Whether it's good or bad, you learn from it. You have to learn from history. Right. And some is bad and some is good. I would say most of it's good, but they want to obliterate our past. And once you do that, you don't have much of a country left. I think that China is very happy now, and I think that Russia and a lot of other countries are very happy. They're looking at what's going on, and they don't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's very scary. I think for a lot of Americans, they don't know where we will be ultimately. I think they felt very safe with you as president. You protected our country, whether it was our southern border, whether it was standing up around the world to, to people that, that meant us ill. Uh, and now we don't really know where we are. I want to move on to something. By the way, we built the strongest military. Yes. We rebuilt the military. We have a military now like we've never had before. The equipment is the best, all made in the USA. We have Space Force. We did so much. Biggest tax cuts in history biggest regulation cuts in history. And that's why the base is so strong right now. That's why the base of the country, our base is strong, but the base of the country is strong. The foundation is strong. And that's why it can do so well where we have the highest stock market we've ever had. But that's going to erode just like energy. Mm -hmm. We're energy independent. In three months from now, we won't be energy independent because of what they're doing. And they never talked about this. They never said this. In fact, they said the opposite. They really lied during the campaign a lot about a lot of things. They did. Well, we see gas prices already starting to go up, so it's already starting Very to happen. Very substantially. Um, so I want to ask, because people ask me this too, will we ever be able to attend another Trump rally? Oh, yeah, sure. I think so. <laughs> In fact, we're thinking about doing one relatively soon just to let everybody know that uh, there's hope in the future. Look... When you look at what's happening to our country with all of the ideas and things, when you look at these Democrat-run cities where the crime is up 300, 400, 500 percent, and they don't do anything about it, shootings, killings, murders, rapes, they're up to 200 percent, 250 percent. No, there's, there's, it's a shame. What's, what's going on is just uh, very sad. Democrat-run cities. Yeah. And now, if you have a Democrat-run country, watch what's going to happen. It's, uh, it's bad. So we might be able to attend no, a Trump right. rally. Sure. I, mean, sure. I love okay. doing them. But more importantly, I think we get the word out. That's incredible. When we have rallies, you know if you want a state. Yeah, I can tell if we're going to win a state by a rally. When we set up a rally 24 hours before and we have 35,000, 40,000 people show up, in Florida, we had 55,000. In Butler, Pennsylvania, we had 52,000. When you have 52,000 people show up quickly for a rally, and they got there for four days, you know, you, right. you set it up four or five days early, and the people line up four days in advance. They stay in tents and things. It's, it's the amazing. most incredible thing. And you get there, you leave, you say, there's no way I lost Pennsylvania. There's no way, no way you can lose Pennsylvania. And we didn't, by the way, we didn't. So, you know, it was a hoax. The whole thing was a hoax. And it's too bad. But uh, these rallies are great. Uh, there's never been anything. I think we did 56 of them in a short number of days. And they're big. That's not easy to do. No. When you think of you do three a day, four a day in some cases. 
And the last couple of days, I think we did five. I was with you for a lot of those. Right, five. And uh, then you go home and you watch the results. And at 10.30, the election was over. We won. And then at 3 o'clock in the morning, you say, what happened? And then you look at these massive dumps where you're going. You look at the votes. And then you have these massive dumps. Uh, no, it was a corrupt, fraudulent election. Well, that brings me to my final question for you. The beginning of this interview, I said, this is one thing everyone always asks me. The other question, people all want to know, and I know you're not ready to answer it yet, but do we have hope that there's a possibility to see Donald Trump run again in 2024? You do have hope. That I can tell you. <laughs> you do have hope. Uh, we love our country, this country. Uh, we all owe a lot to our country, but now we have to help our country. And we were there. We were so, so good. What we did with Iran, what we did with China, mm -hmm. we were all set to do some great things. And then you see what's going on right now. China treated our representatives last week with such, in Alaska, with such mm -hmm. tremendous disrespect. They never talked to me that way. Uh, you look at North Korea. I got along with Kim Jong-un. And for four years, we had no problem. I mean, I was told by President Obama and everybody else that, that North Korea was our biggest problem. It was, we're going to end up in war with North Korea if that group stayed in. And for four years, we had no problem with North Korea. Now, all of a sudden, you see the problem is starting again. No, we have a, a great country. We have to help our country. And so we may see a Trump run again in 2024. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I want to say, say thank you so much for joining us here. We are all right, so that was pretty good. Um, I didn't even get to hear all of that. I mean, I, I didn't, I hadn't heard all of that until just now. Um, but uh, that was very, very good. Uh, so, you know, my takeaway on that was a knock on the free press, and uh, uh, also he talked about Hunter Biden, uh, Trump rally, uh, a Trump rallies more than likely, uh, and. Um, a Trump social media platform. Uh, and what I like to call the, the election was a hoax. I think that's why Facebook banned that. And, uh, and then there was Chinese terrorism. And I, I like to use that phrase, China terror, Chinese terrorism. And um, one of the things I want to talk about with regard to the election fraud, let's take a listen to, um, I think uh, this is a little bit of an older clip, but it's related to um, uh, the, the today's media and how they treat the two candidates differently. You know, the way they treated Biden in the press conference uh, was almost sort of like awestruck, like starstruck, sort of like uh, the Federalist that Molly Hemingway was talking about in, in her article. Chris Farley's character, where he would interview on Saturday Night Live a celebrity and be all nervous and be starstruck and gobsmacked and awestruck and um and so uh it's kind of interesting stephanopoulos was asking ram paul though this question now this is not a new clip this is a little bit of a data clip but it talks about the election fraud issue real real quick and it was part of this piece uh because they were talking about um how the, the two standards of media bias. Now, let's take a listen. Uh, this election was not stolen. Do you accept that fact? 
Well, what I would say is that the debate over whether or not there was fraud should occur. We never had any presentation in court where we actually looked at the evidence. Most of the cases were thrown out uh, for lack of standing, which is a procedural way of not actually hearing the question. There were several states in which the law was changed by the Secretary of State and not the state legislature. To me, those are clearly unconstitutional, and I think there's, a, there's still a chance that those actually do finally work their way up to the Supreme Court. Courts traditionally and historically don't like to hear election questions. But yes, were there people who voted twice? Were there dead people who voted? Were there illegal aliens who voted? Yes, and we should get to the bottom of it. I'll give you an example. In my state, when we had a Democrat Secretary of State, she refused, even under federal order, to purge the rolls of illegal voters. We got a Republican Secretary of State, and he purged the rolls. But, Senator it Paul, does make I have a to, difference, I, and those things I, I have, have to, to stop occur. you there. there no, no, no election is perfect, but there, there were 86 challenges filed by President Trump and his allies in court. All were dismissed. Every state certified the results dismissed, after investigations. Not, not for, not for, count, yeah, but, after but not investigations, for counts, they were dismissed and for recounts. The de Department of Justice, led by William Barr, said there is no widespread evidence of fraud. Can't you just say the words, this yeah. election was well, not what I would suggest is, What I would suggest is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at inte election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won a I think legitimate where you make a mistake in, uh, Hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, I Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This the results were certified in every you're single was, state you're saying, after counts saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely it was, you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. That's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no, no evidence. Let me, let me finish. finish my point. No, you say you said something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no. Well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. It, there's there is no widespread evidence of election fraud that overturned the results. That was stated as well by the Department of Justice, led by President Trump's Attorney General. In Wisconsin, there were counts and recounts. Never studied that. Even that's certified. not true. Even that's not true. Even William that's Barr not said true. that Barr said that. But there was. Yes, he said that, yes. That was a pronouncement. There has been no examination, thorough examination of all the states to see what problems we had and see if they could fix them. Now, let me say, to be clear, I voted to certify the state electors because I think it would be wrong for Congress to overturn that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to sit here and say, oh, everybody on the Republican side is a liar and there is no fraud. No, there were lots of problems and there were secretaries of state who illegally changed the law and that needs to be fixed 
fixed, and I'm going to work hard to fix it, and I won't be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. That's the problem with the media today, is they say all Republicans are liars and everything we say is a lie. There are two sides to every story. Interview somebody on the other side, but don't insert yourself into the story to say we're all liars because we there, some fraud there, in the election. There are, not, there, are not two, there are not two sides to the story. This has been looked at in every single state. The election oh, sure there are. certified there are in every single state. There are two sides to every story. State. George, you're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who you are as a journalist. If you think there's only one side, you're inserting yourself into the story to say, I'm a liar because I want to look at election fraud and I want to look at secretaries of state who illegally change the voter laws without the permission of their state legislatures. That is incontrovertible. It happened. And you can't just sweep that under the rug and say, oh, nothing to see here. And everybody's a liar. And you're a fool if you bring this up. You're inserting yourself into the story. A journalist I'm, would hear both sides, and there are two sides to this I'm story. I'm standing by facts. There are not two sides to facts. I did not say there, <laughs> that this was a perfect election. I said it was. the results were certified. I said it was not stolen. It is You're a saying lie to people say people are liars. You're stolen. saying people are liars if they want to investigate what happened in the election. Shouldn't That's we not what I said. the fact that tens of thousands of absentee ballots did not have addresses on them and normally were disqualified, but this time they were counted? Should we examine that? I don't know whether it affected the election or not, but I have an open mind. And if we actually examine this, we find out it didn't, that's fine, but it still should be fixed. There, there can be more investigations. The investigations that have taken place have shown there is not enough fraud to change the results of this election. That has been certified by every state. It was stated by the Justice Department and the Attorney General. And I accepted the state certifications, but it doesn't mean that I think that there wasn't fraud and that there weren't problems that have to be investigated, and it doesn't mean that the law wasn't broken. I believe in Pennsylvania they broke the law, and I believe if that ever would get a real hearing in the Supreme Court, it was denied for standing. It wasn't actually taken up. If it were taken up, I do believe that the Supreme Court would overrule and say that they did break the law illegally. I asked you a very simple question. Was the election stolen or not? I think there was a great deal of evidence of uh, fraud and changing of the election laws illegally, and I think a thorough investigation is warranted. Senator. And that's a good answer. So that addresses the uh, elephant in the room with respect to, you know, Facebook censoring the Donald Trump video uh, interview that we just saw and listened to and heard. And... It's got to stop. I mean, like I say, scottadamshow.com has been banned on Facebook for two years. They never even told me why. They never even cited one reference point. And I did nothing wrong. I mean, and there was nothing on my website that actually that actually had... A, it was nothing but a podcast. It was where people go to get the podcast. That's it. I mean, I, it's a portal. You know, I don't even understand where they came up with their logic, except for the fact that we were speaking up against uh, a lot of different things. Like they said, they uh, canceled me a long time ago. I think that I was talking about Eric Ciaramella. And again, you can't mention the word Eric Ciaramella. We were talking about Stefan Halper. We were talking about the Russian hoax. We were talking about the Bob Mueller ruse. We were talking about the impeachment hoax. All of these things with Ukraine and Eric Eric Ciramella. But all of that, Fusion GPS. Apparently, Facebook didn't like the fact that we were talking about it. So I could no longer promote people 
to go to my website to listen to my podcasts on Facebook. And now Facebook takes down an interview between President Trump and his daughter-in-law. I think because he mentioned that the that the fix was in with the with the election. We got to get to the bottom of the election. And if you can't talk about it, how do you debate it? How do we actually make things better? I mean, when did this all of a sudden happen that we can't that we live in a, a space in a day where speech is controlled? This is nothing less than Gestapo-like tactics. And now we have the new form of terrorism that we won't even call it by its name. Chinese terror. Chinese terrorism. It's Chinese terrorism, folks. It's radical Chinese terrorism. And it's an economic war. And this war was disseminated by a virus that was embraced by globalists because they see China as the future for slave labor markets and manufacturing and profiteering globally. And it's the globalists that actually have the connections, the infrastructure, and the access to global markets. They don't look at the America audience. They look at the world audience. They don't see America as a market. They look at the world as a market. They don't see borders, and they don't really care about people migrating around the world. In fact, they herd them like sheep. They herd them like cattle. They herd them like a matador and a bull. And they take these populations and move them around like they're little puppets. And the puppeteers in Brussels, the globalists, literally get people to talk a certain way by disinformation, get them to say a certain thing, get them to believe a certain way. That's why they don't want you to believe in God. They want you to believe in government. Believe in government. Believe that we are the almighty. We are the powerful. We are the ones that can drop the hammer on your head if you don't pay your taxes and do what we tell you to do. That is the opposite of live free or die. That is the opposite of freedom and liberty and justice. When the aristocrats can rape somebody and get away with it, but the person that's working, paying their salary, is held to a different standard. It's, it's a terrible place that we're, we find ourselves in. And it comes from this new world order, not the world war, war of the jungle, but a new world order. Remember Herbert Walker Bush said that. And it started before him, but yet they were pushing this thing ever since the Bushes and the Clintons and Obama and the socialists and the communists and the Marxists the Black Lives Matter Marxists, the anarchist, the socialist Antifa, all of these people have endorsed this intolerance of any opposing view or any dialogue or discussion. 
It's got to be their way or they'll burn your house down. That's exactly what they've said. And they even say it to your face. And somehow, our liberal friends are voting for that nonsense. And when you have an honest debate with them, they lie through their teeth and act like it doesn't happen. I'll be actually having... Uh, spending some time on Easter with a bunch of liberals that actually think Antifa is a myth. Antifa is a myth. Antifa is not a myth. To say it doesn't make it so. Just like George Stephanopoulos in that interview with Rand Paul that we just heard. Rand Paul made all the sense in the world. He can't say that there's fraud because he can't prove it. But that doesn't mean that that there is clear violation of law that ought to be looked into. And I think if you, I think if you re- listen to what he's saying, if we lo- just look into it, we will find that there was fraud. Or at least the uh, idea of fraud that would require further explanation about those votes that came in on the middle of the night. Because the idea is that if you um, if the money is out of the bank overnight and you say, well, hey, certainly, uh, or, or, or for that matter, <laughs> if Jeffrey Epstein was killed in his cell, oh, well, surely we'll get to the bottom of it. We'll figure out who it is, right? It's the federal government that's actually, in, and the local municipalities. All these government uh, people in charge have a handle on this. This is a this is a uh, really uh, tight lockdown center. They got all kinds of bells and whistles. They got all kinds of technology. Surely it's going to be on videotape. Surely we'll get to see the guy walking down the hall and into the cell, and we'll ID the guy that actually perpetrated the crime. Nope, the video's gone. How convenient. See, that's that's just what's happening right in front of our faces. And these people, these people that vote for this government and rely on this government, support this government, believe in that government, are idiots for doing that. To think that the same government that runs the post office like a zoo, like a clown show, or runs the Amtrak as inefficiently as they possibly can, who can only survive with their self-made monopolies and their crony capitalism, like we talked about yesterday, about all the money going to all these different entities, like Solar Winds or something, not Solar Winds, but Solyndra. Remember that company that got billions of dollars from Obama and then went bankrupt and then they all moved out of the country when, when is enough enough when, when is this going to just stop when are we going to get to the bottom of this so Molly Hemingway did write this story she says it's the feature of that video that we just heard it's important to be honest about what today's media actually are they are democrat propagandists and should be treated as such and that was the premise of her article 
If you're a GOP official, grow a spine. And then basically uh, you get treated like Rand Paul. And she writes a pretty long article, but it's a very good, well-written article uh, where she talks about that. So we listened to um, Donald Trump's audio, 18 minutes of it. And he talked about the free press. He talked about Hunter Biden. Now, there's something new about Hunter Biden. He's coming out and he's going to actually try to make things right and go after the Trump. He calls Trump a vile man on a vile mission. This is the same guy that was sleeping with a hooker every single day. And with crack pipes coming in and out of his mouth. He gets pulled over for coke possession. Gets thrown out of the Navy. This guy that lost all his teeth due to crack. Hunter Biden. Who walks around naked in front of minors. This is just an out-to-lunch disgusting human being. Who happens to be the son of the so-called President of the United States. Who slept with his brother's widow unbelievable character flaws in all of these people no no wonder their dogs keep biting people their german shepherds do yeah that's right the dogs bit somebody else or got very threatening to somebody else but hunter biden who actually posted biden family porn on pornhub says president trump is a vile man on a vile mission And you just have to wonder, where do they get off with these things? Hunter Biden has the audacity to put together a book where he makes moral judgments of anyone. Talk about lack of self-awareness. And that seems to be exactly what the Democrats have, is zero self-awareness. Zero self-awareness. So Gateway Pundit, I think, makes more out of this than uh, meets the eye. But they say, huge breaking news, Arizona State Senate Republicans courageously announced team who will perform a uh, Maricopa County election audit, and it's good news for America. And they get into this, and, you know, the thing is, is that if it's only great news if they really get to the bottom of it. Otherwise, it actually legitimizes a flawed study. So... You know, I, uh, I'm holding my breath right now on that. Uh, but we'll see what happens. We've been talking all week about how Biden really didn't win the election. And it's proof in the numbers. Like, last week we were talking about 75% of, uh, in a poll, wanted uh, supported voter ID. Now, anybody that would be supporting voter ID, then that would be pretty much a person that voted for Trump. I don't think there's anybody that supports voter ID that would actually support Joe Biden. I think that, you know, that's basically a litmus test. And so the way I see it, I see that 75% voted for Trump based on those types of data. And if that were the case, it kind of fits like a glove to what actually happened. That that there was, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 160 million votes. 
75 and 75 would be 150, right? So, and add six more. Um, so 156, so somewhere like that area. So you got that number, and you would say, okay, well then, what would it what would it be? It would be something like more like seventy five percent of that is about one hundred and seventeen million. So let's see if you were to take uh, one fifty six, so one fifty six times seventy five percent equals one hundred and seventeen million. 117 million votes for Trump if he got 75%. And that would leave uh, Biden with a, about 45, 48. And that's about the number that I actually expect. I did an analysis before the election, actually. And before the election, I was watching the trends all the way from like uh, from the 80s all the way up. I, was, I went and looked at every election set data set. And I was looking at the population increases and some other things. And there for a long time, 50 to 56 million votes was a was a, a standard number. And then all of a sudden with Hillary and Trump, I think you started to see election fraud really make itself prevalent with Hillary Clinton. Because I don't even think Hillary Clinton came close. I don't think she came close to, to beating Trump. I think she was way behind, but I think that they rigged it so much, but Trump won by so much that uh, it it looked close is the way I see it. And I do see a caller. I'm going to go ahead and take that in just a second. Um, so President Trump also said in this thing, you know, he's going to uh, look at a rally. There was a couple of other things I wanted to. Oh, this was just in Wisconsin Supreme Court strikes down Democrats governor mask mandate. OK, so the, the Supreme Court overruled the governor of Wisconsin with regard to a mask mandate. So we're going to go ahead and take uh, John from Chicagoland. Welcome, Scott, to the Scott Adams hey, Show. Hey, Scott. Hey. Hey, so, you know, you mentioned the U.N., I believe, earlier, something with the uh, with migration. And I, was, was that, I think you're talking about the U.N. Well, I was talking about globalists in general, but the U.N., um, I can tell you this really, really quick before you get started there. Um, I talked to um, several Lyft drivers, because um, I take Lyft everywhere, and all the time these people are like moving in from like Africa somewhere, right? Sudan or somewhere like that. And I'm like, how did you get here? How did you go about doing it? Oh, UN program. And the UN programs have these programs where they actually put you on a plane and, you know, ship people all over the world. It's an opportunity for people to get out of uh, a developing nation and into a developed nation. And they end up, a lot of them end up in DC, Washington, DC. Well, the bottom line for this is this is this is a way for them to transport. I'm going to be blunt: non-whites into white white countries. When they say, "Well, we're taking them from the developing world into the developed world," it ends up being a way for them to control populations in European societies mm-hmm. by bringing non-Europeans in. Then they divide them, say you're discriminated against. You have all these problems, and then you have a voting block. 
And that voting bloc can then move around within the nation, whether it's the U.S. or Germany or wherever, and manipulate and affect elections. But this really is just about overwhelming native white populations in Western Europe and the Western Hemisphere. Nothing more than that. Why does the U.N. have any power to do this unless we allow them to do that? But their goal is, they said, what is the U.N.? The U.N. is a collection of countries. Yes, there are some vetoes in the Security Council, for example, among the big countries, the major, most important countries. But it, most of these countries are ineffectual countries. And what they're really saying is we're going to vote in some body, some international body, to take from you what you have. We're going to send people there, and that's the way it's going to be, and then they're going to send money back here, and we're going to influence your policy. Why would the West, meaning the, and these are, let's face it, these are European societies, why would these societies say yes to that? It's insane. Eastern Europe will well, not say yes to this. Let's put They've it this seen way. seen what's happened in Western Europe. China will spit in their face. Korea won't do it. Japan won't do it. They know that, the, frankly, the white countries are more likely to say, oh, well, you know, we feel guilty. The Asians don't care. And the truth is that the Eastern Europeans have learned. Hey, listen, if you, put, if you built your house on an oil well or a plot of gold, a pot of gold, right? Uh, I'm actually going to probably have an vested interest in talking to a bank or something like that and saying, hey, we, have a, we found a way to get you a uh, house 50% off. Um, where you can move, or we're, we have we found a way to give you a free extended vacation, uh, all expenses paid, and that way I can get you out of your house for however long it's going to take me to get that gold or that oil. So the point is, is that if if I can't woo you out with carrots, I could kick you out with sticks, and so the globalists they want to go into certain pieces of land. And they don't want to be messing around with people that are going to defend that land. They are going to treat them. They're going to either turn them into refugees real quick and, and migrate them or, you know, do whatever they, they want. You know, I mean, basically, they could do, there's a, all kinds of things that they can do to move populations around. And that's why they get together with these big globalist meetings and do these types of things. Well, you know, there's a mix of motives. Yeah. Many of these, the, the common goal of them is to diminish the voting power of the majorities in European countries, and out of, you know, white countries for short. Diminish the voting power of the majorities, and then they can more easily manipulate those countries. Yeah. I, I think that's what ends up happening. I, I think right. often, now, for the countries themselves, they just, you know, they want to get something they didn't have. That's just simple greed. Right. So if you can go somewhere and get extra wealth, you're all for it. Right. Right. Uh, I think that's really what's, what's driving it. But you also have a... a, a and then we're out of time. ...strain in Western society. Yeah. Well, sure. thank you, John. Sorry about the time. But um, um, yeah, and it's thank all you. good stuff. It's all very interesting the way they're doing it. But thank you so much for calling in today. All right. Um and that brings us to the end of our show. My name's Scott Adams, and you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. Just to bury my kids right up to there.